0: Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais and we're standing outside the Royal Court here in St Peterport uh, at the end of the first and final day of the uh, May estates meeting. Uh, They are still in there actually discussing one or two finer points and details here. Just gone half past five uh, but they are pretty much done and dusted with everything. We won't be back uh, tomorrow. Um, Now this has been one of those days where there really, as as the um, short time frame suggests, uh, not a huge amount of um, uh, uh, contentious debates going on. But uh, nevertheless, a couple of update statements this morning that really had quite a lot of uh, meat on the bones, Matt.
1: Yeah, there were. You were covering one from uh, Deputy Al Bruard, President of Health and Social Care. Uh, I was covering one from the Employment and Social Security President, Peter Roffey. Uh, who um, well one of the things he, he announced essentially in the states was that there needs to be in his view between forty five and fifty million pounds additional investment in social housing um, over the course of the next five years to build about five or six hundred new units now earlier this term the states agreed thirty six million to build about four hundred social housing units and those developments are now at various uh, stages. Uh, but this is, in, it, what he was talking about, was an additional 45 to £50 million. Pounds. And he was making that point because in July the states are going to have this debate about capital projects. Everyone is expecting a kind of head-to-head debate between the Princess Elizabeth Hospital or the post-16 campus at Liz Osway. What Deputy Roffey was saying was, don't forget social housing because we're also going to be looking for in the region of another £50 million pounds during this, this capital
0: phase. So, so it's part of this mad scramble for the extra funding but from all different uh, committees uh, right at this moment when we've all been told you know the money's run out.
1: Yes, yeah, so this has been a one-day states meeting, but the next few weeks are going to feature uh, one or more meetings over several days, and I think that this is probably going to be, be the key moment in this state's term in in the sense of setting the whole direction for the next you know the remaining two years because of the the significant debate in july about the government work plan and the the capital projects that the the states will prioritize over the next two years but social housing is going to be a big part of that mix quite
0: clearly and uh, yeah another element of that uh, sort of discussion came with the update statement from Health and Social Care uh, given as you said by Deputy Al Bruard and um, he was once again making this point that well I don't really want to set up uh, PEH modernisation against um, the, the Les Osway campus as a two horse race um, but nevertheless he's, he said at the same time that he wanted to clarify um, that it wasn't true as has been stated um, by some deputies that uh, the modernisation of the PEH has to wait for the Los Oswey campus to be completed anyway because of the nurse training um, elements of the the campus. Um, He explained uh, in detail how, in fact, it was going to be possible for the PEH site to accommodate all the needs of uh, the training facilities that would be required during that temporary phase. Uh, And then he went on to describe in quite a lot of detail, which some of which I, I no doubt had the opportunity to read before but hadn't really sort of taken on board um, all the advantages that were going to accrue from uh, getting this phase two of the hospital built and all the um, things that were going to go into this, uh, both the new build and the refurbishment and he made the point that his committee were going to um, be full full square behind um, efforts to persuade all deputies in that GWP debate to ensure that uh, hospital modernisation didn't take a back seat and was uh, going to be uh, put through. That wasn't all he had to say uh, that, was, that was a large part of his speech today uh, but he also did want to um, talk about a new arrangement that has been made regarding uh, the gastroenterology waiting lists which as we reported recently have um, increased sevenfold. Uh, um, if you measure it by the people who've had to wait for eight weeks or more for treatment um, it, and that's just sevenfold just in the last few months um, he said well we've now got an arrangement with the UK company it's called Medinet they're going to come over. They're one of seven companies that attended for the work. They're going to come over and run what he called weekend clinics. They're actually four days long. They're going to start on a Thursday, finish on a Sunday, and uh, deal with up to 50 clients um, per weekend for nine weekends in the next 12 weeks. So that that's a piece of good news for those people waiting on these waiting lists.
1: Yes, uh, that those uh, statements followed Um No, they they didn't follow. They came before an urgent question that the Deputy Bailiff allowed Deputy Gavin St-Pierre to ask, uh, Deputy Peter Furbrush, about the um, state's financing of Condor's new ferry, which has been in the news a lot this week. Um, And there appeared to be uh, some inconsistency between what Condor was saying um, at the very start of the week and what they're now saying about the emergency or, or otherwise which um, existed and meant the states needed to provide the, the yeah. funding um, and uh, so That's Deputy Furbrush explained to the states again, I, I think he has said this previously but explained that the reason there was a need for emergency funding was because although Condor could secure the funding privately they couldn't secure it quickly enough to ensure that another would-be purchaser didn't um, usurp Condor in the purchase of the vessel, so he, he, he was making that point again, that that was why the Civil Contingencies Authority and the Policy and Resources Committee saw an emergency and decided to advance this funding. However, what he didn't say, again, though he was pressed, uh, was the commercial terms on which the states have advanced the loan. Um, and uh, we spoke to, to Deputy Trott, who was one of those asking um, uh, an urgent question. Uh, after that, um that part of the state's meeting and and he was making the point really that the commercial arrangements should be made public and if the policy and resources can't make them public um, because of the way civil contingencies legislation is set out then really there ought to be a change in the civil contingencies law to allow that kind of information to be made public once an emergency decision has been made so I think these questions about the um, state's intervention in the purchase of the new ferry will continue to rumble on for some time Um, even though Deputy Furbrush has, has, according to him at least, provided as much clarity as he can at this point.
0: Yeah, Deputy Trot uh, never fails to remind us of the uh, episode in which he managed to get that purchase done of the two fuel ships. But I, I think it's not just because you know he was pleased that he was able to pull it off with his uh, senior civil servants, but also um, because it's an example of a rare example, I think it's fair to say, of the state's being fleet of foot when they need to be. And uh, you know we probably shouldn't lose that ability um, when when the need arises. Um, when we came to the actual sort of policy letter debate, so there wasn't an awful lot to discuss. So we. Um, she'll just uh, uh, mention briefly that there was um, a, uh, a, a piece of legislation coming through, oh, sorry, um, a policy letter coming through regarding uh, royal assent. And you were listening in on that.
1: Yeah, so the states effectively decided in principle that they, they want um, the lieutenant governor to play the role the Privy Council plays on some articles of legislation passed by the states. So that at the moment, there's a final stage of approval at the Privy Council if the state's ideas come to fruition, but they are only ideas at this stage. Um, in future, the lieutenant governor will be able to provide that final stage of approval um, in, on on some laws, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll wait to see whether that is eventually put into effect. I think that there are a couple of other things probably worth noting out of what what happened in the states today. One was in one sense a very minor item which was the election of a states member to sit on the Ladies College Board of Governors Deputy Saidi Salsby already holds that seat she was standing for re-election she was the only candidate but the rules required a secret ballot and 11 states members failed to vote for her they submitted either blank or spoiled papers immediately that led to some states members um, citing it as an example of this divided states that, that we and, and some states members can keep talking about. But that was highly unusual in, in a single candidate election to have more than a quarter of the states refusing to vote for the only candidate, though she was ultimately elected.
0: Yeah, she got 28 votes, didn't she? And the rest were either spoiled or um, the, nothing, a blank. Um, and there was another election of a similar ilk uh, within a few minutes, and uh, the candidate there, um, Mr. Acton, Got uh, 38 votes, so it's not as if they'd forgotten how to fill in a form. They they know how to do it, but they just chose not to. So it is. I think you're you're right in saying indicative of a certain sort of um, animosity, really, such that they can't bring themselves to vote for somebody even when they're the the only candidate.
1: Yeah, I mean it does exist, and you know those of us reporting on the states um, daily, you know, see it, and 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 although some states members deny it, you know, this this is a very divided states. Uh, and there is quite a lot of um, of, of animosity in in that chamber and and that influences major debates but sometimes it also uh, is seen in in these quite minor items as it was today Um, the the, the other item I I thought of note was in in questions to the um, education, sport and culture president Andrew Dudley-Owen from um, John Gollop. Uh, ostensibly about um, the legacy of Guernsey hosting the Island Games later this summer but eventually it got round to funding of the Sports Commission which has been in the news a lot lately and Deputy Dudley Owen was pressed on whether ESC would be able to provide certainty to the Sports Commission about its future funding beyond this summer Uh, and she um, really quite deliberately um, could not provide that assurance uh, and she indicated that matter would have to go to the states in July as part of their government work debate. So it looks as if the certainty which the sports commission is after uh, is 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 not going to be around uh, until much later this summer, and there is clearly some very real threat to their uh, to their future funding. so so that will be a concern to them and uh, there wasn't any um, assurance for them at this state's meeting. That, that will rumble on as well.
0: Could we also say, in theory, she also uh, quite deliberately didn't say it was going to go up? I mean, are we, are we sort of just assuming that they're gunning for them?
1: No, she was asked um, whether uh, it, would, it would stay at the same level, it would go down or it would go up, and she said she was unable to um, provide any clarity about that, uh, and the matter would go back to the state's. In July, as part of this government work plan debate. Now, you know, obviously, if the com- if the committee wanted to, to say we are we are committed to providing this funding, they would have said it by now. So there is a there is a real threat to uh, to that funding. It doesn't mean to say that it will be cut off. The states might find some way of ensuring that that the funding of the sports commission continues, but it is clearly in some jeopardy, and, and that will be of, of concern to the sports commission. Uh, f- for a few more weeks at least
0: well, there's one other thing that I was going to mention, which is uh, the rather unusual uh, voting result of forty nil, uh, which uh, occurred at one point today, and that was uh, uh, Deputy Prow bringing along a, um, a, a proposal from Home Affairs to um, change the um, uh, legal Uh, procedures in in, uh, criminal cases such that uh, once the prosecution have uh, unveiled all of the evidence they've got, whether they're going to use it or not, the defence are then going to be obliged to uh, release some detail about uh, how exactly they intend to fight their case and what evidence they're planning to rely on. Uh, This was grist to the mill of Deputy St Pierre who has um, in the past said that we need this reflected in our caution uh, and it's not. It has been in uh, England and Wales since 1996 and he's been back hanging on for a few years now about how we need to update our uh, police caution uh, for arrest and um, so he's uh, he said that Deputy Prow was uh, on board with that and um, anyway, Deputy Prow will have been happy uh, to find himself unanimously supported with a 40-0 vote. Uh, We don't see those uh, very often. Uh, Well, that's all for this uh, May meeting. I can confirm that although they were still talking when we left the chamber, they have all finished now because they've all walked past us while we've been talking here on the steps of the Royal Court so uh, do stay on this feed for uh, more political analysis and of course do go to the physical newspaper to find all the details of what we've spoken about today um, in, in tomorrow's paper and uh, throughout the weeks until the June meeting, when we, sh- of course, shall we shall be back with a vengeance. But from Matt and me for now, good night.
1: Good night.